Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Today we have a crazy story of revenge involving pepper spray and eye drops. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, the strangers in the neighborhood. I grew up in the beautiful city of Los Angeles, and I must confess that my childhood through my teenage years were such a roller coaster. One of the spectacular memories I hold fondly is the experience I had with two boys. I would tag strangers when I was about 16. At that time, I assisted my mother in her local grocery store, which was a one-stop shop in the neighborhood. We lived in a neighborhood where everyone knew one another, so it was easy for me to identify most of the faces that patronized us daily. But this was not the case during festive seasons. Most families received their loved ones in their homes, and it was not unusual to see our store flooded with people who were mostly in a hurry to pick up their groceries. One time during Christmas, a lot of people flooded the neighborhood, and I was surprised at how many sales we made daily. In the rush of those moments, I wondered if it was possible for anyone to pick up what they didn't pay for. More than once, we recorded the loss of items that weren't accounted for during that period. When it happened the third time, we knew we had to brace ourselves to catch the culprit before our entire store got stolen. It was so painful to accept that someone was trying to rip us off our sweat. Or should I say, my mother's sweat. My mother was a single mother who toiled hard to put our store together against all odds. She wanted to have something else to fall back on aside from the part-time job she did for so many years. So the store had been our major source of livelihood and a huge part of our lives. I knew my mother was worried about the safety of the store and I hated to see the pensive look written all over her face to show how worried she was. I hated any situation that would make things look uncertain for us. I remember when I was a child, I always dreamed of the time I would be rich enough to transform the store into big stuff. It was a dream I've held dear for so many years, so I knew much more than anyone that I had to make sure to put an end to that menace that was threatening our peace. First, my mother suggested that we install CCTVs around the store, which obviously was a good idea, but I knew it was going to cost us a lot, which we couldn't afford at that time. So I suggested that we should keep a closer eye on the store because I believed it was possible to apprehend the culprit. When I made that suggestion, I had made a resolution to keep a close eye on every customer that came to the store. Thankfully, we had come to the end of the festive period, so it was easy to notice the people who came to the store daily. But there had been a particular boy who was about 13 years old. I had noticed how frequently he paraded the neighborhood like a lost sheep. I wasn't sure I'd seen him before, and the way he paraded the neighborhood was something that baffled me. There were times he had company. A small boy who looked one to two years younger than him and was equally as weird as the older boy. One evening, I heard an elderly woman who lived close to the store, let's call her Mrs. D, say that she didn't want to see those boys around her home. It was strange to hear her say that because everyone knew Mrs. D to be someone who kept to herself. I knew there must be something about these boys that triggered people, especially me, but despite the reservations I had about the situation, I knew there was nothing I could do. Day later, when they came to the store to get some groceries, I was a bit startled. 
I was startled because nothing in the world would have prepared me for the plot twist that accompanied their visit to the store. For the first time, I realized that these boys who had brought all manner of thoughts to my head were the grandchildren of someone I'll call Mrs. L, a woman who was about 65 years old at the time. There was something spectacular about Mrs. L that made her a sinusure of all eyes around the neighborhood. History had it that she'd spent her gay years modeling for a huge fashion line in California and across the United States. Together with her poise, elegance, and beauty, she also made some wealth for herself. She retired to that neighborhood with her husband, who died about five years after they built their mansion. It took me a while before I could regain my composure at the sight of Mrs. L with the children. After their grocery shopping, I decided to indulge Mrs. L by asking about her health and well-being. Being a good friend of mine, she couldn't keep the pleasure of introducing me to the boys, whom she called her grandsons. Immediately, I regretted all the wrong insinuations I'd garnered towards those children. I could imagine what Mrs. L would feel if she got to find out the wrong perception I'd had about her grandchildren. Immediately, I repented all of my unwholesome thoughts, and I felt sorry for the old lady whom I admire very much. Thankfully, for some time, we didn't record any losses, and there were no items that couldn't be accounted for. Of course, it was easy to let my guards down and be more relaxed because, as far as I was concerned, anyone who was terrorizing our store was no longer in the community. So, as expected, I began to loosen up each time I saw the boys around the neighborhood. At least, I was sure that they came from a known face. They visited the store regularly and it was almost impossible for me not to expect them every week, either to pick some essentials for their grandmother or to treat themselves to their favorite snacks. However, I couldn't seem to overlook how much money they spent on snacks every other day. I knew it was out of my business, but there was something that wasn't just alright with the way Mrs. L's boys lavished money on snacks. So many times, I found myself warding off the possibilities that played on in my mind. But after a particular scenario at the store... I knew I had to unravel whatever air of mystery hung around those boys. One day, they strutted into the store, as usual, with their hands in their pockets and a shy smile on their lips. That day, they didn't get their favorite snacks, but they got essentials for Mrs. L. Other customers also came in while I was attending to them, so it was a bit difficult to allege the theft that happened at the store that day in a long time. Quite a number of items were missing and I was beyond myself with worries. I was angry and sad because I knew I'd let my guards down yet again. I knew that my mother would become very tense again, and I didn't want that. At that point, I finally agreed to have cameras around our store, even if I knew it was something that would cost us a bit of money at the time. While I waited for the installation, I decided to devise a stronger strategy that I believed would help us keep our goods safe. I had been gifted a compact camera when I turned 16 so I decided to put it to good use. I kept the camera in a strategic position that could capture the shelves around the store, so I got a good chance to capture each day's events. Unfortunately, I was disappointed to see that there was no suspicious movement, nor did we record any losses at the store after three days. I remember how I carefully replayed the video clips before deleting them each day just to be sure I wasn't missing anything. Yet no one took anything on the days I kept the camera at that detective spot. After about four days of not coming to the store to either buy Mrs. L's essentials or their favorite snacks, these boys showed up at the store looking radiant and more confident than usual. After attending to them warmly, I made it clear that I was in no mood for chit-chat even though we had become friends. They paid for their essentials and they left the store. However, I realized that the boys had left the store one after the other. 
it then dawned on me that that had been the norm. One of them would leave the store earlier than the other after engaging in a short chat with me, leaving the other to pay for whatever they purchased. It was so funny to me that I hadn't taken note of that trend. That day, I discovered that we had... Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Courted some lost items yet again, and for the first time, I almost choked on my breath. I was so eager to get home so as to watch the video clips on my camera. I didn't know why, but I shook heavily as I settled down to watch the video. I was stunned, and I lacked the ability to drop my camera after I realized that my suspicions had been right all along. The other boy that went out first had taken some items, which I obviously didn't take stock of and, of course, which they didn't pay for either. For a few seconds, I couldn't think. How could Mrs. L's grandsons be caught in such an unwholesome act? I wondered what she would do if I told her. So many thoughts crossed my mind at the same time. Suddenly, I became very angry. I shuddered at the audacity the boys had in order to make our shop their den of theft. I wondered if they had been the ones terrorizing our store, all the while incurring loss upon loss on our small business. I was determined to punish them. I contemplated telling my mother about the boys and what they've done to her business, but I knew that would only blow the situation out of proportion. I felt for Mrs. L. I knew she was a good woman. I wanted to protect her image, at least as far as I could. Again, the boys came to the store, and I must confess that they looked regal on that occasion. I wasn't surprised to see them look that way. They obviously have been making money from their sales. Looking at how good they looked infuriated me even more. It became clearer to me how much money they make by picking things that do not belong to them. Just when I was thinking if I should change my mind about reporting them to the authorities, I realized that I couldn't. And, in fact, I could no longer protect Mrs. L. It was Mrs. D, the other elderly woman, who made me realize that those boys were big-time kleptomaniacs who needed help. She came to the store to get a couple of items, and I could see how bitter she was given the way she ranted to me. She asked me if I'd seen the two unique boys that paraded the street like young princes. I answered her in the affirmative. They uprooted some of my ornamental plants. Oh, poor me, I don't know how much money that would earn them, Mrs. D lamented with a voice stricken with age. The boys didn't know that she could see them through her window, so they thought they got lucky once again. 
Every detail was adding up as it became glaring to me why they were able to indulge themselves with expensive snacks. They obviously got used to stealing from different places. I gave my evidence to the police after my conversation with Mrs. D, and I was glad to see that the police did the right thing by coming over to pick them up. From afar, I could see Mrs. L panting and agitating, but I knew the children would be better off in a reform home for the next three months. Honestly, it was probably for the best. I don't really see any more constructive way of dealing with this, and very obviously, this isn't some like low-level petty thing where they're just innocent kids getting in trouble. I mean, they're out there flaunting, wearing nice stuff, buying tons of snacks from the place that they're stealing from. This is like well-understood-what-we're-doing kind of behavior. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy crazy stories of revenge... It would be amazing if you left a like or left a review if you're listening to my podcast. That said, our next story is like mother, like daughter. I, female 39, never realized that I could ever be this petty as a parent. Not until I had to experience a few things with my child, female 19, and after coming to the realization that she wasn't ever going to listen to me or rather change her ways, I just decided to leave her to her vices and watch how things play out. Following some certain events, she eventually realized her mistake in life, and surely enough she was eagerly awaiting, or in a much clearer sense, anticipating her return back home. Almost akin to the prodigal child. But I wasn't having that. I really wanted her to learn her lesson after everything she had said to me, and I didn't feel like she had really done so when she got back. So I made her realize it myself. Some might view this as strict parenting, but it was nothing of the sort on my end. This was just me simply not being the bigger person and basically treating my daughter the exact same way she did me when all I was trying to do was just be a good mother and or parent. I was really irresponsible back when I was still in my teenage years. In fact, I was even more promiscuous than anyone could ever have imagined. Thinking back now, I guess it was just all my hormones at the time, seriously raging, as I was quite literally a problem child for my family. I was always getting into trouble, and more often than not, I always needed my parents to come to my rescue. They never failed to be there for me, but there comes a point in one's life where the consequences for certain mistakes cannot be covered up anymore, and little did I know that slowly but surely, my parents and or family were getting quite tired and stressed out by my irresponsible behavior, and as a means to really make me understand reason and responsibility, the very last time that I got into trouble, I was left to cater for myself, and this time, I think the trouble I might have gotten myself in was a serious one. So serious that I was looking at spending some jail time because I was already legally recognized by the law to be a legal adult. I was meant to provide a legal guardian to represent me, but seeing as the only people I had in my life that were always there for me, had already decided that this time there was nothing they could have some form in that situation and that they really wanted me to dance to the tune of my music. I was left on my own for the entirety of that night and for the following nights after that for the entirety of the week and almost for the next few weeks if not for the thoughtful intervention of my caring mother who didn't want to see her child really suffer and not be able to come home as this was the decision of my father alone. She quite literally came to my rescue and I guess truly at the time that was truly what I wanted or rather needed. Anyways ultimately I was able to come back home and when I finally did I honestly wasn't expecting any form or show of love for my father and any other member of my family as my mother had already informed me of how disappointed every single person in my family was in me and surely they didn't disappoint, most especially my father. And right after that incident, I made absolute certainty to have a complete change of my manner and attitude towards things. 
It really was something I didn't realize or think I would have to come to the conclusion of doing, but I did it because I had already resolved myself and I was definitely going to be a better person. And I was going to make sure that my children, when I did have them, weren't ever going to follow my footsteps. And even if they were on the verge of doing so and it seemed like there was nothing I could do, I could always just resort to the same method used by my parents. Now let's fast forward a little bit. Right after this time, I became quite the model student and the ideal child. Obviously this didn't all happen immediately as it was something that took quite a while to achieve, but I ultimately did it. And right when I got into college, I'd met this guy who would later turn out to be my soulmate, the one I would get married to, and the one who would make me attain the level of mother of three beautiful girls. We weren't really invested in the relationship for quite a while, as we both had other things we had set in our minds at the time. Things like actually graduating with a good enough grade at the time, because school was already tough enough as it was. But then, right after graduation, we then both realized that surely we both had deep feelings for each other, and these feelings were more than just one amongst friends, and definitely more than a common likeness. After quite a while of being friends, we finally decided to become partners in a relationship, as this happened right after graduating college. We were both quite literally in sync with each other, we both knew what the other person wanted, and it was something that both of us did for one another effortlessly. At some point in my life, I was definitely sure that he was the one for me, and when I realized he truly was the one for me, it didn't even take us long as I knew I wanted him at this point in time. Anyways, it honestly didn't take us long while in the relationship, as we both really were in love with each other, and right after he secured a stable job, he ultimately proposed within the first three years of us dating. It just felt right, and within the first few months of getting married, we immediately got to experience the joy that most parents had been longing for for quite a while, which is the joy of making a new life. We, unlike most other parents, were quite ready for this, but I guess no parent is ever truly ready to have a child, or make new life, love and care completely for the new child and all, because for the first time, no one is a perfect parent. We had our first daughter right before even celebrating our one year anniversary, and our other two daughters came five years after the first, as they were both twins, and they had an elder sister to look up to. Now you might be thinking, we have, quote, the perfect family, my partner was making a stable enough income to cater and provide for the needs and wants of his family, all while maintaining the households, and to add to it, I was also undergoing a paid internship at one of the hospitals in the vicinity, as recommended by a friend of mine, and right after the internship, I was informed that it was one of the best they'd ever had in quite a while. When I was done with my internship period, I was most definitely going to be retained by the institution. Well, to start off, my daughter had always been some set of a troublemaker, and this was quite the habit I didn't find myself in because she really reminded me of myself, and this was when she was still a baby. I couldn't have what happened to me happen to my baby girl, and so I decided to go for a more strict approach, as I'd felt like this was the only way I could control her actions to a certain extent, where I would be able to make sure that she doesn't fall into the same ditch I did when she grows up. Ultimately, I must admit, this was one of the mistakes I'd made when raising her. I didn't realize that I was making quite the mistake when raising my daughter until she'd grown up to become quite the lady just in her late teens. She was already getting involved with the wrong friend group and it seemed like my warnings and strict means of parenting weren't even having the slightest effect at all. I tried my best as a parent and as a mother and on some occasions I would even try to make it known to her that we had two younger siblings who were quite literally looking up to her while they were growing up. 
but it always seemed like the talks I had with her were falling on deaf ears. And then a similar event, like what happened to me when I was right about her age, had happened yet again right before my eyes. And after I tried my best to offer the best possible advice to my daughter, just as you would guess, she completely ignored my warnings and words of advice as she felt I didn't know what I was talking about. Little did she know that I was the only and quite literally the best person to offer her some words of advice. But after realizing that she couldn't change her mind, I just went along with whatever it was that she was going to do, and just as you would obviously expect, she got to experience the world for what it truly was, and also how cruel it could be, as when she ultimately returned, she, or rather I, was expecting her to have a change of heart and mind and basically reflect on her actions and how they've affected her and all, but instead, I got some of the most gut-wrenching insults I could have ever received, from none other than my own daughter. She was apparently blaming me for her terrible decision-making, calling me a bad mother and all. This was really tough, for a mother to hear words like this coming from her very own daughter's mouth. It's not something I would want most or even any mother to experience. It was a really intense argument, but I can say for a fact that I wasn't going to take all that she said laying down. I decided right then and there to make her accountable for her actions and words, by tabling the issue before her father, my partner, who ultimately decided to send her to a whole different country, where we had a distant relative who lived with our grandparents as a means for her to learn manners and mannerisms by force. She seriously thought it was a joke up until the moment when I presented her with her passport and her traveling ticket. This was the moment she was already beginning to feel some semblance of remorse. But my mind was already made. I was going to make sure that she bore the consequences of her actions. This was when she began pleading and quite literally weeping as she didn't want to leave behind everything and everyone she knew. Things got so intense to the point where I was already beginning to feel bad, but the only thing that was keeping me firm on my decision was the fact that her words hurt me down to my core. I had to do what needed to be done, regardless of whether or not she would eventually gate me in the future. And that was how the day came for her to leave, and I just couldn't bear to see her when she was leaving. I guess no matter what she does, she is still my baby girl, and I am still her mother. I mean, I can't imagine how it would feel in a position where you try to do everything you could to turn your kid on the right path, and nothing worked, and they kind of had a history repeating itself moment. But it is kind of funny that OP was like, alright, I'm finally putting my foot down as a parent and shipping her off to somebody else so they can instill some stuff in her. Our next story is, my college roommate got her eye drops pepper sprayed. My best friend from high school and I planned to rent an apartment together in our first year of college. Why? We didn't want to stay in the school dorm and get paired with just anybody. We had read and watched enough movies with roommate horror stories that we'd rather just stay together. When we both got into college, however, my mom changed her mind about letting me stay in an apartment away from campus. She claimed her reason for insisting was my safety, and that students who live on school campuses tend to do better than students who live in town, but I knew that was a lie. The apartments outside campus were very expensive, and my mom could not afford it, but my mom would never say that we didn't have enough money. Never. Anyway, my roommate went on to rent an apartment with one of the other girls from high school, and I was assigned to a dorm room on campus. I was the first person to move into the room, and I really liked it there. It had huge windows, the room was just the right temperature, and the hallways were quiet compared to other halls. My first roommate didn't last more than a week. 
She was pleasant, and I liked her. We eventually became friends, but she wasn't comfortable with having a roommate. She admitted that she enjoyed my company, but she wanted her privacy. She left the room after a week, and she was immediately replaced by the new roommate, who was a complete weirdo. I decided that I hated her on the first day I met her. When she came into the room, I wasn't around. I was visiting my best friend. The new roommate moved in, arranged all her stuff in her corner of the room, and marked the boundary of our spaces with chalk. It was too ridiculous. She drew a vertical line in the middle of the rooms as if from the room decor. It wasn't obvious which space belonged to whom. I hated her that minute. I didn't ask her about the chalk, but I didn't even speak to her either. I just ignored her all the time. That worked perfectly for us, even though you could cut the animosity in the room with a knife. It worked until one day. I had just hosted my former roommate and my best friend from high school in my room, and when they left, my roommate warned me never to invite them into the room anymore. I asked why, and she said they made a lot of noise. While my friends were not exactly quiet people, they were far from being loud too. I told her this and told her she was just jealous because I had friends and she didn't. That upset her, and she threatened to report me to the office of the Dean of Student Affairs if I ever brought them into the room again. I was not affected by her threats. I told her to go on and report me. The week after, my friends were back in the room, but I made them keep it down because of my roommate. Still, my roommate was uncomfortable. She kept telling us to keep it down. At some point, she started groaning and rolling on her bed as though our voices put her through pain. My friends were so irritated by her behavior that they said they were never coming over to mine again. I managed to change their minds though and they started to visit again to the annoyance of my roommate. One day, I returned to my room and met my ex-roommate in the room. She said my roommate had just left and that she told her that she'd heard me and my friend from high school gossip about her. My former roommate admitted that she was surprised at first and interested in the story my roommate had for her until she realized that my roommate didn't say anything. She kept telling her that we discussed her, but she couldn't say exactly what we discussed, even though my ex-roommate asked her many times. I was angry that my roommate was trying to stir up trouble between my friend and me. I didn't understand why. The only reason I didn't like her in the first place was because she was never friendly. I'd never done anything to offend her, and even when she complained about my friends being too loud, I begged them to keep their voices down. I was going to confront her, but my friends advised against it. One of them said she's just not worth it. Thankfully, I told the guy I was seeing at the time too. I told him what she said to my friend, and he also advised me to ignore her. Now, imagine my shock when one day, my boyfriend called me and asked me to come see him outside. He'd apparently seen my roommate at the library and said hello to her. She called him aside and told him I was seeing some other guy. I don't even think she wanted him to believe her or cared if any of them believed her. She just wanted to make it clear that she hated me and was trying to do something to sabotage my relationships. At the time, my boyfriend was quite insecure. I was already dealing with that in my relationship, so I worried that he'd believe her or at least want to ask me about it. But he didn't believe her. He said he'd told her that she was being a weirdo, and she laughed and said he was an idiot. I knew my roommate was reserved. I knew she was socially awkward and maybe didn't even desire any kind of interaction with other human beings. But I didn't expect her to be a sneaky, evil person. Still, my boyfriend asked me not to confront her, but I didn't listen. I went up to my dorm room and confronted her about it. She laughed and insisted that I've been cheating on my boyfriend. She even made up something about walking on me, making out with a guy. I was taken aback by her lies and withdrew immediately. That night, I could not sleep. I just didn't believe that she or even anyone could do something like that for no reason. 
That night, I swore I was going to get my revenge against her. I wanted her to leave the room. I needed her to leave. I could no longer stand being in the same room as her. My roommate didn't stop telling lies about me. She probably enjoyed the confusion on my face when I confronted her. She went on to tell the girls in the room next to ours that I'd said different stuff about them. Those girls confronted me and even though I tried to defend myself and even added that she'd told the same thing to my friend and boyfriend, they were still skeptical. Our relationship went downhill after that. I'd only lived with my roommate for two months at the time and she'd already become a pain in my butt. The last straw happened when she saw my boyfriend on campus with one of his friends. She walked up to him and told him again that I was cheating. My boyfriend was embarrassed because his friend was there, and even though he did not believe her and told her so, his friend didn't understand why my roommate would just lie about stuff without any provocation on my part. He was convinced that my roommate was telling the truth, and the more my boyfriend defended me, the more he looked stupid to his friend. Later that day, my boyfriend told me what had happened again. This time, he didn't sound completely convinced that my roommate was lying. I tried to tell him that she was lying and that she was sick, and he said he'd believed me, but it just didn't seem like it. That evening, I went to my friend from high school to ask for her opinion on what was going on. I needed suggestions on how to not just get back at my roommate, but also get her out of the room. My friend's only suggestion was that I report her formally. I didn't want to do that. My roommate was a good orator. I knew she had represented her school in different oratory competitions. She also looked innocent and was smaller than me. Nobody would believe that she wasn't telling the truth. I decided to get back at her in another way. My roommate uses glasses and eye drops. Every morning, she uses her eye drops before leaving for her classes. The only option I had for revenge was either to damage her glasses or do something to the eye drops. She didn't have any friends that I knew of, so that was the only way I saw her. When she went out one Thursday evening, I sneaked to her corner of the room, picked up one of her two eye drops, and sprayed a bit of my pepper spray in it. The next morning I was in the bathroom when my roommate used her eye drops. I just entered the room and found her and one of the girls in the next room holding her while she screamed. I'm not going to lie. I felt some sort of excitement watching her in agony. Her face has always been devoid of emotions. So seeing her show that much emotion pleased me. The campus ambulance was called and she was taken away. That evening, I was invited to the student affairs unit and I saw her there with her father. I learned that day that her dad was a professor in the school. She had told the dean that I must have been the one who put pepper spray in her eye drops. I vehemently denied it and even shed a few tears telling them what she did to me and how despite what she did, I've always tried to be on her good side. I was taken back to my dorm room with campus security to search my stuff. I guess they wanted to see if I owned pepper spray? They'd ask me at the office and I said I didn't. Luckily, I'd watched enough crime series to know that you never, ever kept the weapon. Immediately, I squeezed out the pepper spray, left the room, and threw it in the dormitory's incinerator. It was a dome filled with stuff women who regularly threw stuff in it. It was a dome filled with stuff from women who regularly threw stuff in it. From cosmetic bottles and plastics to old makeup to pads and tampons. I knew it would get filled up in a little time. The school had no proof that I did it. I kept denying it. And my story was consistent, so they let me be. Her dad refused to let her go back to the room, though. He insisted that his daughter couldn't live with someone like me. I was glad when she left, and luckily, she wasn't replaced. So, for the rest of my freshman year, I was alone in my room. A privilege that many people wanted but did not enjoy. This does seem pretty messed up, I'm not going to lie. I've heard time and time again from people who have experienced pepper spray 
that it's just about the worst feeling they've ever experienced. I remember hearing a story from Johnny Knoxville who tested dart tasers and also getting pepper sprayed, and he said the pepper spray was the worst thing of all. Basically, if you want mobile protection, don't worry about those little handheld tasers. If you can legally carry it where you live, pepper spray. But also make sure you practice with it every now and then to make sure it's still working and you know how to use it. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.